0: pleasure of doing a message on fear and lack of faith. Fear and lack of faith. i tell you a story about my eight-year-old boy, my son. Um, at our house, he would be able to just walk, he'd walk through the hall, going into the bathroom, away from the family room, and as the sun tends to go down, his speed going down the, the, the hallway is a lot slower than it was when the sun was up. So over time, I started to watch him and watch him and watch him, and it got to the point, once that sun was completely down and it was dark, he would come to the edge of the, the, the hallway, kind of peek around the corner. Then he'll run over to the light in the living room, turn the light on, do what he needs to do. And once he's done, he comes around that corner of Mach 30, <laughs> running. I say, man, you left the lights on. He'll oh, come on. So his little brother, get with him. It's so funny because his, his, his other brother is... is just as scared as he is, <laughs> and it's so funny walking down down the hall, and the older brother goes, "Satan, not today, not today, Satan, amen." Yeah. <laughs> but I kept watching him. I'm like, "What, what, what is going on? What, what, what's happening?" And come to find out, this was spooking him. Such a cute little American girl doll that he is literally scared to death of. Don't know why, don't know reasons why, uh, but both brothers, they would say, Mackenzie's room is open, I do not want to go by that room. There's a doll in there. This little American Girl doll had caused havoc in his life. And it's so funny about that is because it stopped everything that he knew to do because of that little piece of plastic. He couldn't go to the bathroom. He couldn't go and, 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 and get ready for bed. He couldn't do anything because of this little piece of plastic that was stopping his way. Because of what he felt and what he believed this thing could do to him. He didn't want to go no further than what the light would allow him. He wouldn't want to go no further than what the light allowed him. So it's so funny because I don't, I'm not very sympathetic. I'm the kind of dad that would uh, stick this at the end of the door when he's at the bathroom. (laughs) Haven't done it yet. (laughs) But looking at this and looking at the verse, I had to really come to to my senses. This is very real in his world. We talk about fear and it's easy for us to tell other people, hey, just get over it. It's not easy for them just to get over it. You don't know what they've been through. That's good, come on. You don't know the things in their life that caused them to have that fear for what this thing, something like this, can cause that seems so minute and so simple to you. It's wrecking havoc on their life. So looking at 2 Timothy 1, 7, this is out of King James Version, this says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, and I I really want to try to teach Courage into my voice my that, hey, you don't have to be afraid of this. And I love to hear, I love to hear Deontay say, hey, not today, Satan, not today. I'm not having it. Right. He's starting to speak life into that situation. Even though he may not see fruition of it right now, he is starting to speak life into that situation. You know, and what's so beautiful about that verse, it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, spirit translated as breath. It is breath. It is what God breathed into you and what you're breathing out. So with Deontay saying, not today, Satan, not today, he is speaking faith over that situation and bringing light to it. I watched them from time to time. You know, it's it's getting a lot easier, and and I love to see them relying on each other as brothers to say, look, I will go with you. I'm going to go through this battle with you, even though I'm scared too. We're going to go through this together because there's strength in numbers. There's strength in numbers. So looking at this, I copied this off of the um, the internet, stages of fear. I'm going to read it out here. There's four stages of fear. Imagination. When we feel fear, we start imagining things. We let ourselves get carried away by our exaggerated expectations of what could happen. We're creating in our minds a scenario worse than the real one. We get ahead of the real events generating fear and anxiety for ourselves. And that's what they did when they first saw this coming through the door. And it's probably something where he was watching some movies he shouldn't have been watching. And then to be able to see this doll and to think that this doll could do something to him, that I see is this has been something simple and, and, and small, but this is everything in his world. He's created an event in his mind to say, this is gonna hurt me. This is gonna get me. So I have to be sensitive to that. And you look at stage two as fear itself. Fear manifests itself in your thoughts, but also in your body. When fear arrives, you start to hyperventilate, your heart beat faster, your voice gets higher, and your body fills with nerves. You won't <laughs> be able to Im- imagine scenarios or even think anymore. You only be able to to feel and prepare to act, nothing else. And that's what, I sent them them to take a shower one night and he he wanted the door open. I said, man, nobody wants to see all of that. Let's shut this door. And I shut the door and he wailed. All he was thinking of is, I'm trapped in this bathroom by myself. That little thing can come in there and get me. You know, and I'm, I'm like, I do not want to see you shut the door. So I actually had to go in the bathroom and sit in the bathroom until he was done because it was at the point where he just imagined he couldn't do anything else. He couldn't wash his body. He couldn't think right. He couldn't even stand under the water correctly because he thought little Hannah was coming to get him. Number three is paralysis. This situation usually causes a feeling of hopelessness. Oftentimes we don't know how to get it, get out of it. When fear paralyzes us, we have to wait for it to pass. It's not a sensation that will go away quickly. It will take a few minutes. Our body has sounded the alarm and now it needs some time to understand that there's no threat. And literally when I pulled him out of the bathroom, he got dressed and sat in there. It took him a, t- a while to calm down because he thought he was gonna get got by little Hannah. <laughs> so, and then creation, number four, creation of memories. Everything is recorded in our minds, especially the event that was stressful or intensely emotional. Memories would determine our actions while also protecting us from perceived danger, a danger we have already experienced and want to avoid. Pastor Joel has said it many times, an event associated with a, 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 a memory Uh, associated, an event associated with an emotion will cause the memory to attach. So, me being the good dad, if I stick this at the door when he's in the bathroom, probably wouldn't be something that's really good for him. But that's something that people get set up for. And I, this, I wanna open up something to you for what, uh, one of my favorite characters in the Bible, which is Elijah. And I wanna set the scene here for you. Elijah was, Probably one of the greatest prophets uh, in, in the Bible itself, in, in the Old Testament. Elijah, if you know the story, he um, he wrestled or not wrestled, but he he had a confrontation with King Ahab in regards to them worshiping false gods, Baal uh, for one. So he called all their false prophet, called their prophets in, and, and and basically had a standoff. He had them set up an altar and he set up an altar. He go ahead, gave them first choice of what they wanted for a bull. He wanted to be able to let them go and do what they do uh, when they're worshiping Baal. And, and, and the funny thing is, he sat back and watched it. Gave them first choice. You go ahead, call your God. Let's see what he can do in this. And the God that calls down fire, the prophet that calls down fire, is the God that we're going to serve. They're going from morning to noon. You know, this is, I love this part here. Isaiah is messing with him. He, he just starting to tease. Well, hey, maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Who knows where he's at? Maybe he can't even hear you, you guys start speaking louder. Maybe he's he just he's just on vacation. What are you gonna do? So he kept going these people end up cutting themselves bleeding all over the place. Nothing happened, of course. So Elijah gets it gets his turn calls to God. God do your thing. Fire comes down consumes up everything and that kind of sets the scene to where we're at. So looking at second, First King 19, 1 Kings 19, through 4 which is moving on, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent the messenger, remember that, she sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them, but at this time tomorrow, then he was afraid and he arose and ran from his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he asked that he might die, <laughs> saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am no better than my father's. Is that the same Eli, uh, same Isaiah that was just calling down fire from heaven? The same guy, within 24 hours, flipped. It's not that easy to get over fear like you think. Jezebel has a history. She killed all the prophets back in the day, except for about 100 of them that was hid, cutting off their heads. So uh, Isaiah to him, that was a real threat to him, okay? So that's kind of setting the seed is what seed is being sown. The message, Jezebel sent a messenger. I find that so similar to to the things of our own life. There are people in your life that will plant seeds of fear in your own life. I've been there, girl. I know what it's like. I'm telling you right now, when the doctor told me this, I couldn't do anything else, and he's telling you the same thing. What are you going to do with that that seed that's been planted? What are you going to do with that seed that has been planted? It says the enemy will try to plant seeds in areas of your life where he's always been powerless. What we need to do is get some spiritual pesticide going. I want you, we, we got, we live on five acres and this, this past spring, um, all of a sudden we couldn't see within 50 yards of our house because the weeds had grew so fast. So fast. I mean, I, I don't know what happened. They started, they were two inches long and then they were 12 feet tall. Weeds can grow that fast. I had a uh, I had a buddy of mine come out with his tractor and he, he mowed down the weeds and everything and then, what we found out was there's roots in the ground that we didn't know was there. I'm like, how can we even mow over here? Now Now we got to go do some cultivating and get those roots up. That's the same thing when seeds are planted in your life by people who call themselves supporting you. You have to plant yourself on the word and know God's promises for your life and be able to reject the very things that they think that they're helping you with. I find it so ironic that Jezebel sent a messenger to Isaiah when if she really wanted to kill him, she would have sent someone to kill him. So be careful what seeds you're sowing into your own life. So it says, when fear is greater than, than faith, is Elijah had a day of great faith and a night of great fear. What are we hearing in, in, in all the waves and everything, the commotion that is happening in our lives? I got a scripture here. One of my favorite scriptures of when Jesus and the disciples uh, were in the boat and Jesus was sleeping. Everybody know the story. Um, the waves were crashing up against the boat. The winds were howling. The disciples were freaking out. You had the Son of God in the boat with you, teaching you, walking you along, and you're freaking out. You don't know what to do. So what, what besides going to wake the Master up? And that's what they did. They went to wake Jesus up. I find it so So interesting that Jesus, if you look at it, he says, O ye of little faith. When all the waves and the wind are crashing up against the boat, O ye of little, little faith. And if you look at the wording of it, there was no exclamation point, so he didn't yell. He calmly spoke it. O ye of little faith. And then the Bible said that he got up. So he was still laying down when they told him. O ye of little faith. And then went and rebuked the wind. I love that so much in, that in our own life. Uh, and I had to go through this over the last uh, two weeks in my own, own life. When havoc is in, reaping in your life, how are you responding to it? You know, sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees. It's right there in our face and all we see is that stuff that's going on in front of our face. When we can look past that and see what God has placed you at. It's taking control of your situation. I'm going to need a little help here. Jeff, you not mind helping me out here real quick? I'm going to have you stand on stage. Jeff is going to pretend to be God in this scenario. This little football here is going to be your prayers. It's going to be a signal, signal, signification of your prayers. you praying to God, Lord, I love you. Sending your prayers up to heaven. You're expecting answers to come back. You're catching those answers. God is with you. You're hearing God's voice. Everything is great in your life. Fear starts to enter. To think about fear, especially a believer, fear starts to cripple you. When you cripple, there's not a lot that you can do. You can barely catch the ball. You barely hear the voice of God calling back to you. you send sending prayers up. God, I am in a terrible situation. I am in a dire situation. I have no idea what I'm going to do to get through here. You think your prayers are not making it to heaven. God is not hearing your prayers. When all, of, all along, he's sending the prayers back to you. But you're not catching it. Fear comes into your life and cripples you. Once you're crippled, you're isolated. Now you feel like you're all alone. God, why are you not answering me? I'm sending prayers up to you. And all along, he's saying, I'm there. Trust me. Put those things in my hands, and I will take care of it for you. I'm with you. I've never left you. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Give Pastor Jeff a hand, please. (laughs) Fear will cripple you. Fear takes away hope and fills it with doubt. Your connection with the Father is a busy signal. It cripples that connection. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, the gift of God has been given to us without spirit. With, with our spirit comes the gift of faith. Yeah. The life of faith looks beyond the realm of appearance. How we choose to see the ultimate and spiritual decision and make a spiritual decision. Pastor Joe did a great job last week with, playing, with, with the lenses, looking through the lenses, getting new lenses and looking through it. When you see that, that, that fearful situation in your life, How are you looking at it? Are you looking at it from an earthly point of view or are you looking at it from a heavenly point of view? That's one thing I learned this year is when when you're getting in the Word, I'm trying to look at it and and read it by faith, but when I start to look at it for how God is wanting to tell tell it to us, it becomes alive in so many different ways. So many different ways. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if you look at 1st King 19, 9-13, it says, there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out, stand on the mountain, in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. A lot of times we look at life and says, It's impossible. But you can take that same impossible and turn it into two words where God said, I'm possible. I'm possible. I can do what you think you can't do. And I I, I said it in one message, I said again, your faith begins where courage ends. Your faith begins where your courage ends. So hear the whisper, John 14 Twenty-seven says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give, you, give to you as the world gives, but not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Then Romans uh, 10, 7 says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Studying the word of God is paramount in the building strong faith. To know him and rely on his direction in our lives, we must seek to understand the scriptures. we got to do some spiritual exercises. How we do that is we get into this. We get into the Word and reading the Word by faith. There's an answer to every situation that you're going through in this book right here. And I want you to catch what I said. There's an answer to every situation, not to every problem. It's how you're looking at things. I'm a glass half full type of guy. And in my opinion, the glass is always full. It's either got half water in it and the other half is air. It's full. That's how I look at life. That's why I try to look at every situation that I go through as God is already in control. But again, what I see in my face compared to what what he actually has for me can cause me to delay that thinking. But thank God for the Holy Spirit that's able to guide me and get me back on track. So I really, really, truly, God is wanting to give us peace inside of us. Peace, a uh, peace that surpassed all understanding. Why are you calm in this situation? God is in control. Hmm. You just lost your child. God is in control. I will not waver. God is in control. And that's kind of what we want to say. I'm not saying that there's fearful things in your life that you can't uh, just ignore. I'm not saying, come on up here to the altar, give it to God, it's going to go away. That can happen with, the, with your faith, but I'm not saying that you will not have things in your life where fear is going to try to cripple you, that's it's going to try to stop you in your path. And I can tell you the greatest thing that you're fearful of is usually the greatest thing that God wants to use for in you. You know, there are things, getting ready to come up here and speak, you always kind of go through that. I don't want to say a fearful state, but you know my heart gets the pump pumping. I'm like, did I get everything in order? And, you know, and I really had to get convicted tonight because God says, hey, you're not ministering to them; you are ministering to me, that's and that's how I need to approach it, and not let that fear cripple me for what God wants to use me for. It says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love power and a sound mind. I want to go back up to my house, my house. We, we're in the holiday season and we don't have this this year, thank God. You have family that comes over and stays with you? <laughs> amen. Say Amen. <laughs> So you got family that comes over and stays with you and it always seems to fail you got that person in your family that is so full of drama that causes all kinds of situations. It's you know, if you got some NyQuil, go put it away because they're gonna take it all. You know, if you, got, if you got any situation that you are in, that person has got an answer for. It. That one person that's in your house you can't even go to breakfast and eat breakfast comfortably. You can't have dinner and eat dinner comfortably. You can't have people over and not feel like it's going to break loose. <laughs> My house. My house. Mark three fourteen says, In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. It says, You have power from heaven to be a strong man or woman. I say that to say this. Once you let fear in your spiritual house, it's like a fungus. It can spread from room to room. Come on, it's good. You don't have that, you know, everybody's got that room where they throw everything in it or their closet, they throw everything in it. Well, that's kind of how fear is. You walk by that room and if that door is cracking in any particular si- situation, fear seems to come out and starts to affect your house. It's your house, you have power over that. We got to do some house cleaning. So I'm going to kind of end this here. We're going to talk about Gideon a little bit. So get the, the, the children of Israel, they had been taken over by the Midianites. And every time harvest season would come, the, the Israel, Israelites would be able to harvest their crops. And all the crops are harvested. And then the Midianites come in and take it all away from them. So they started hiding things and doing things to try to make sure that they have what they needed for themselves. And there's Gideon. I find this so interesting. He is in a wine press thrashing wheat. And for those of you who don't understand the difference between the wine press and and thrashing wheat, in a wine press, you're stepping on grapes and everything, trying to get the juices out. You're trying to get it out so that way it separates the juice from the, the, the grapes themselves. Well, when you're thrashing wheat, you need to be up on a hill somewhere where the wind can take uh, the, 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 uh, the out out. So they take it and throw it up and the wind blows it away. They take it, throw it up, and the wind blows away. There are seeds in your life where you're in a wine press and missing the wind of the Spirit to guide you. Are you in a cave or are you on the hilltop? And we got Gideon here. It says Judges 6, 19 through 24. So Gideon went into his house and prepared a young goat, unleavened bread from an oat of flour. The meat he put in a basket and the broth he put in a pot and brought them to him under the terebin and presented them. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock and pour the broth over them. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, "Allah, O Lord God, For now I have been the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, peace be to you. Do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. God is peace. All of us are believers. Uh, I like to think that all of us know Christ as our personal savior. God is peace. In the time of our fear, we believe that God will come through and rescue us. He is the God of peace inside of us. He is Jehovah Shalom. A lot of times in our life, we just need to call on Jehovah Shalom. When I'm calling my boys or calling my daughter, I call them by name for what I need them to be for. I don't want all of them coming to me if I only want one. If you need the God of peace coming to you, you call on the God of peace. You guys can go ahead and stand. God really wants you to be able to know who he is in these situations. Know who he is when you're reaching out. Know who he is in your time of terror. We don't want to have you come up here and and, and kneel down at the altar. You can do it right at your seat. You can grab the person next to you. God wants to do something in your life. We all face that time where we're dealing with unimaginable fear. But with faith, we can do all things through Christ who has given us strength.